and we're back. Hello, it's me, Trent. I've got Cole here. I've got Zach here. We're living. We're feeling. We're having a good time. How are how are both of you doing? Salad boys. <laughs> it's a new week. It's exciting. Um, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, I've got a full house here. Uh, my girlfriend's parents are in town, so I'm trying to be quiet and not disturb too many people while also still recording. So that's the challenge for me today. There you go. It's exciting. It's got the nice kind of a uh, nighttime voice. I like it, Zach. Yes. Sounds yes. good. <laughs> Sounds mysterious. And uh, I have uh, sojourned into the desert um, in Palm Palm Springs right now, actually. Um, it's warm here, I will say. Probably about as, it's a lot like Arizona. And, uh, you know, I'm feeling, feeling pretty good this morning, though. You know, What are you I'm trying, to, for? I'm trying to dry out my... Uh, my cough here. I've been sick for what feels like forever. Is that um, actually why you went been. up? I can't remember a time when I wasn't sick at this point. But uh, you know, <laughs> hopefully you're so ill. <laughs> how's how's your uh, how's your week been, Trent? Um, it's been good. It's been a, been a journey. It's been a lot. Um, a lot of stuff has gone live recently, um, which is exciting. We had. Uh, the Adobe team at 72 has been working with Adobe to launch a new app and that went live at Adobe's Max conference uh, last Ooh. Monday. So that was exciting. It was at their keynote, like 15,000 people and they were cheering it. So that was a really cool feeling. Nice. Um, and then I got to go to Max uh, for the final day. So that was fun. It was downtown LA. So I was able to just walk over to it, which is awesome. Um, and got to listen to some cool talks. There was one person talking about leading teams and, talking about the amygdala in your brain and how different things and situations trigger it at work and what you can do to put people at ease during hard conversations. Like, damn, that's smart. And then there's other cool shit. Like I got to listen to Stefan Sagmeister for an hour and a half, which if you don't know him, he's the Sagmeister part of the former Sagmeister and Walsh, a really famous design firm of two famous designers. And they're all doing their own thing now, but he was giving a talk on beauty and design and how beauty matters and how it shapes our mood and our perceptions of the time around us and ended up buying his book, which I'm, I'm enjoying reading so far, but it was really cool. Um, even like he, at one point he showed an example of uh, he did like a heat map of Twitter comments based off of positive and negative tweets on Manhattan and then compared the designs of Penn station to grand central, which he put up a tweet that said Penn Station was the butthole of the universe, which is pretty fair. And then Grand Central is obviously the really pretty one. And he was showing like the, the amount of positive and negative tweets around both areas. And like Penn Station was just completely red. <laughs> and Grand Central is just all really green and kind of doing it was kind of stuff like that talking across the world. And it was really cool. Uh, it was a cool talk. So I felt like I learned a lot. I was very tired after the week. But uh, yeah, uh, ready, to, ready to get back to work again on Monday. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Photoshopping all of my uh, all of my pictures now. There you go. Yeah. Photoshop camera beta is out. You can register for it and get access on Adobe's site. Check it out. It's pretty freaking cool, if I do say so myself. And uh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> there's my there's my plug. Um, speaking of plugs, um, Mother London, who I love, has done a great ad this week. Uh, plugging Ikea's furniture and how it can help you get over that uh, kind of shame and nervousness you feel when hosting people uh, for the holidays. Um, they did a ad essentially where 
this this couple was like, oh, no, people are coming over and all the Christmas ornaments kind of come to life and start wrapping this diss track, making fun of the couple's furniture and the state of their home. And uh, they start kind of replacing it with Ikea furniture. Like there's a crack in the wall. They cover up with a mirror. They put a rug on the floor. They get a new table and kind of just showing how Ikea can help you prep for the holidays. But it's, it's just a super funny diss track. At one point, there's a T-Rex that opens it up that starts wrapping and uh, there's like a cat ceramic thing that's dissing you too. And like all these different things come to life. So it's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, Zach, give us your uh, bite-sized take here. Um, I think with holiday advertising, it's very easy to fall into the like holiday cheer vein when you're going to make a spot, you know, like the happy, cheerful family get together blah, blah, blah. It's very easy to just want to naturally go that way because that's essentially what the season's about. Um, And it's not every day that you find an ad that breaks that without alienating people. Because oftentimes, if you do try and break it, many people will react accordingly because they also believe that the holiday season is about those sorts of things. Uh, So the idea of doing a diss track, I think, was one of the very few exceptions that I've seen done pretty damn well that didn't alienate people uh while still offering in a sense that sort of holiday cheer some of the lines in this thing are like hilarious like the uh table older than the pyramids and then like the duck umbrella like looks at the wall and it's like at least it's not as old as this mirror is that killed me (laughs) um that was that was maybe one of my favorites uh there were a couple that I was like, okay, that's really cheesy and kind of dumb. But like, overarchingly, uh, most of them were were pretty damn good and funny. Uh, and it's just such a different approach to see, you know, someone getting pressured to decorate their home for the holidays rather than just talking about the cheerfulness or talking about that get together. It's just a totally different take on it. And I thought it worked pretty well for them. Yeah, because it's kind of like the realness of the holidays, especially I feel like as you get older and start having to buy furniture, which (laughs) now that I've had to do that, Mm -hmm. it sucks. Uh, As I guess we all have. We're all big boys now. But um, it's it's nice to see that realness tapped in. I just want to say, Cole, before I toss it over to you, I think last week, Adweek had talked about the drummer dad with his daughter is the best holiday ad in years. And I was like, "Um, I don't know. If that's the case, but I can't think of anything that was better. I would say this is better, hands down, a lot easier, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, because I don't you know. have you have hey, an insight I don't know about, yeah, I don't know about that people feel home shame. <laughs> well, they also had an insight. I think. That well, was we're going to get into another ad Granted, here. I'd say we have more of an original <laughs> insight in the sense of we haven't seen ads about this as much because we we have another ad on this episode that literally talks about the same thing of like, oh, looking at catalogs and oh, the imagination of children and adults and all that. And it's like, I feel like that's just so overdone. And to your point, like you have something about home shame and how people really don't like hosting. Uh, And here's a funny way we can tell you about how you can kind of alleviate some of that worry. And I just think that that's a little bit more of a unique approach than pretty much any other holiday ad, which is like the imagination of children or the imagination of adults. You know, I don't know. Just, mm-hmm. just me. Maybe I'm jaded. Maybe I'm old. But uh... I, I mean, I see, I see what you're saying. It's like it's definitely not a new idea, um, and I think that that's kind of the cool thing about this IKEA ad is it kind of looks at it in a different way. You know, I wouldn't have expected a wrapping T-Rex to be a part of a holiday ad, but um, <laughs> they weaved it in pretty well. And I think 
Um, that I think that you're right, Trent, in the sense that this does more work to like solving an actual problem yeah. that people have. And this is something that, you know, people can probably relate to. And, you know, they're looking around their own house and feeling like, oh, you know, that, you know, that mirror, that, uh, you know, couch, it, it needs to go, you know, it's been so long and stuff. And so I think that that was a really good insight that this ad was able to hit on. But then I also think about, too, it's like every year you turn on the radio at Christmas time and, and, you know, it's the same holiday songs. It's the same things that people hear every year. And it's like, you know, maybe people are do want the same thing that they've seen every time because, you know, it is a chance to kind of just like, I don't know lean back in the hot tub of nostalgia <laughs> and just let it bubble up around you <laughs> a little bit of a hot tub time machine if you will you could say that you would i would definitely say that yes <laughs> but, so i don't know but i do like this ikea ad i think it's a fun new spin on the holidays and uh, it's a really clever well done ad it's a fair point. Uh, Mother London is the agency behind it, as I mentioned. Production company MJZ uh, also worked on it and did a great job with kind of the animation of all the different ornaments. Um, rapper MCDEE uh, was the voice behind the track. It was an original track they wrote. And then, uh, you know, um, they've got some, some stuff going along outside of this film. They've got Out of Home, uh, Bespoke Social Content, and it's a series of in-store events that they're also doing in the UK and Ireland that shows customers how easy it is to get their home party ready from VR makeovers to Christmas tree tutorials and the uh, different hosting hacks. So they're definitely going all in from a storefront as well. Nice to see a campaign that is integrated and has multiple points of uh, interaction. Now, moving on to the next thing uh, for this week, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Wall Street Journal. You know, as, as journalists here at salad i think we can call ourselves that <laughs> we technically are even if it's not original reporting it is original commentary maybe in certain circles yes <laughs> maybe in all circles <laughs> our fans would agree i'm sure <laughs> yes. uh, to all the lettuce out there uh you know just appreciate your support um wall street journal is trying to drum up uh increased subscription rates uh, among those and they're doing a they have a film I believe it's 90 seconds and then or is it 60 no yeah it's 90 seconds and uh it's got some out of home with it and some digital alongside of that but it's called read yourself better uh, aims to promote quality journalism while also getting people subscribed to the journal um is developed by the and partnership and uh there's a lot of different kind of out of home ads i'm going to read you uh, you know, like, for example, read yourself to your own opinion is one of the headlines. Uh, it, it's trying to break through the clutter. It's trying to highlight essentially how overloaded this media landscape is and say, hey, you know, you should make your own opinions. You should do your own research. And by the way, Wall Street Journal is a really easy place for you to do that and make you feel like you're always going to get an unbiased opinion that you can then form your own thoughts off of. Um I have thoughts about this, but before I say anything, I just want to hear what you think, Zach. Just me? Not cool. you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you specifically. You are the writer. You are the <laughs> you are the premier journalist at Salad. The, the premier journalist. <laughs> um, I think that, as you said, and as this, this ad alludes to, the media landscape is sort of a mess right now. Um, 
and it's kind of under attack in in a few different ways. And I think that um, as a result, we've seen, and not just for the Wall Street Journal, but for other campaigns as well, we've seen some really good advertising uh, for publications and for journalism come out of this. The New York Times is one. I think this is another really good example of trying to come up with something that's going to resonate with people and get them to actually see the value of maybe having to pay for for content or at least taking the time to read quality content as opposed to just reading the tidbits you get on social media or you know the the trends you see or what you see on the news yeah, blah, blah, read yourself blah, 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 hashtags yeah exactly aspect. it's it's that sentiment exactly it's it's this encouragement to to take the time to actually um find quality information and find good sources. So I am so on board with the fact that uh, kind of in, in the needs of not, I don't want to say desperation, but there's a need for quality advertising in this, in this space right now. Uh, and I think this fills it. I actually loved them. I just loved the like sort of bizarreness of some of these ads. My favorite part um, in the, in the, uh, in the minute and a half spot is when this guy is reading, I forget what the line, I forget the VO when he's reading, um, but their head just explodes like a, it makes this little pop like a balloon and it's like it explodes with like this paint splatter uh, and that was like by far my favorite part of it it was just this one little moment that's just like so odd but like I loved it and then they talk about like the trolls and you see like this troll typing away in its basement uh, so it's just a very weird collection of different images uh, told over I do like how eclectic. Yes, told over this like nice voiceover, and at the end it says, "No one ever did anything big by reading small," and I think that's just a nice tie-in that kind of ties it all together to to hammerhead or to hammer in their points. So I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Nice, nice. Um, I guess I'll go next here, and I mean I I think it's kind of interesting that to see Wall Street Journal leaning into more of the absurd, you know, people's heads exploding and. Um, you know, and I think, and one, one, one thing that I thought was funny is they do, you know, there's the classic, uh, throwing up rainbows filter, um, that we all know and love. And there's Mm -hmm. someone like doing that, but it's like in real life, you know, it's like someone actually throwing up rainbows in the middle of like a train station. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, it's interesting to see, again, the wall street journal, like leaning into this, but you know, it's kind of, uh, you know, to make their point that, um, you know, there's a lot of kind of quote unquote crap out there, uh, on the internet that you could be reading. And I, I mean, I think it's a sentiment that we can all kind of relate to. I mean, I know there's so many times where I've gone onto my phone to check one small thing and then, you know, you go down a click hole and, you know, it's 20 minutes later and you're like, Oh, why am I looking at this stupid, you know, GIF or whatever, and I think that can definitely happen. And so it, it kind of challenges, I think, the audience, but which is, I think, a good and a bad thing um, because it's almost calling you out a little bit because, you know, we all do this. Um, and, you know, what if you have a little bit of free time, you know, wherever your mind kind of wanders, the Internet will take you there. Um, and it doesn't necessarily focus you as much. It's better at distracting, which I think that that's a good sentiment that they hit on. But it, it does... It, it doesn't feel like the strongest call to action, I would say, just because I think people are still going to kind of do the same sort of things. And it, it does kind of feel like a little bit of a call out. Um, so I, I don't know. That, yeah. That's kind of my feeling you're, on it. Also, you're kind of, oh, go ahead. 
Oh, I, I mean, I was just going to say, I feel like this is a sentiment that we've seen before too. Like this isn't, this mm-hmm. isn't a unique uh, insight, I would say. The Wall Street Journal, I think, has a pretty good, you know, uh, leg to stand on here, but I don't know if it's the, the right. I mean, you kind of summed up my thoughts at the end there because it's not that it's a bad ad. Like, I like how eclectic the film is. I think it's cool. I think it's interesting. I think if I saw it come up, I would be intrigued and I would I would actually watch it pretty attentively, uh, which is good for a film. Uh, but I don't know necessarily that there's a call to action for me here. I think it missed the real problem of why people aren't reading. Because like, there's a reason people aren't reading past the hashtags. Like, There's a reason people are just sticking with what the algorithm gives, and it's because a lot of people are tuning out. A lot of people are suffering information overload or decision overload and don't know what's right anymore. So they just stop and they just essentially look for someone to give their opinion a tweet. Um, and I don't think that these ads solve that problem at all. You know what I mean? They don't even address it in a way. They just tell you to not do it. And I feel like that makes Wall Street Journal, in my mind, feel a little bit high and mighty uh, and on a high horse a little bit there when I don't think they necessarily intended to come across that way. And again, like I, someone else could interpret this differently. Like I think it's a good ad. I do like that they're lifting their paywall um, for from November 9th through November 11th as part of this campaign. Um, I think that's a good effort, right? Because it's like, okay, let's get people in. Let's give them a chance. So I think that kind of promotion part of it is smart. Um, I just don't know what it says that's new. You know what I mean? Um, and that feels harsh because I'm looking at this ad and I don't think it's a bad ad. And I feel like my opinion on it makes it sound like I hate it, but I just feel like it, it like advertising is supposed to solve a problem or address a problem. And I feel like it has missed the elephant in the room and it hasn't given me a way to feel like I can get over that hump, you know? Um, so I'm not sure. Zach, I know you like this one a lot and I'm curious if you have any thoughts on what I said. Cause like, I do think it's a good ad, but like, it feels like it's not quite hitting it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, I, I like what you said. I think I did interpret it differently. And I think it does come down to uh, the type of person that this will resonate with. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, and to call to your point, what you talked about, it reminded me originally of like the economist, like the famous economist billboards, mm-hmm. which also like kind of poked fun at the audience and, and weren't as inviting. Like they made them feel almost a little bit stupid and, 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 trying to convince them to read it. And I got a little bit of that in this uh, with the read yourself better is it's, it's not necessarily for everyone who's down in that kind of swamp, I guess for lack of a better term, Uh, but it's encouraging people to, to look past it. Uh, So I don't know. I don't think it solves the problem, Trent, to your point of draining that swamp or getting rid of that issue but I think it's still doing, in a sense, that same thing by encouraging people to look past it and giving them the opportunity, whether it's just for a weekend or not, to do it, to see if you actually take the time to come to our site and read some of our articles, what we believe quality journalism does look like and what we believe you should be reading with the intent of then wanting to continue reading that type of information. So the ad to me was the the call to get people to go read the journalism the journalism is the actual solution to the problem 
Yeah. It's that's after you go read their content, that is what you're supposed to, that's what's supposed to solve the issue of you reading small. The ad isn't supposed to solve that issue. The ad's just supposed to get you to their site or to get, to get you to their pieces of content. Yeah. I mean, that makes total sense. And, um, if anything too, it makes me, and I, I don't mean this as a dig again, it, but it definitely makes me appreciate the New York times drug ads more. Um, I think, I guess, because from the other perspective, like they showing people what goes into something, I feel like makes you mm-hmm. have a greater respect for it. Yeah. And actually it's kind of like, it's kind of what Sagmeister is saying in this talk on beauty too, is it's like when people can see the intent behind something and tell that something was made with love or passion or work went into it, even if we don't necessarily like its style, we are drawn to it and appreciate it. And I feel like with the New York Times, you're seeing the effort that goes into these, which kind of makes you more trusting of it from the get go. Whereas this, I guess the, the the onus is on me to to read it and give it a shot, which it leads mm-hmm. to two different yeah. things, but it's still good. And, you know, we'll see how it goes for Wall Street Journal. Obviously, they have a lot at stake on this campaign, as do most print uh, and, and news reporting organizations. Uh, and speaking of someone who has a lot at stake currently, uh, we're going to transition over to uh, Arby's and LaDainian Tomlinson, um, former San Diego Charger and New York Jet running back Hall of Famer. And uh, much like any good Hall of Famer, you're only as good as your steakhouse. Uh, you know, we've got John Elway's got Elway's, Brett Favre has Brett Favre's Steakhouse, Vince Young has Vince Young's Steakhouse. Obviously, they're not really original in their names. <laughs> um, probably the most original now is the Ladanian Tomlinson Arby's Steakhouse, uh, which opened up temporarily for, I believe, just a day in Times Square. Um, from 1130 to 2 p.m., uh, fans got to meet the former player. Uh, who signed collectibles and RB sandwich boxes. And it was kind of a promotion for the nationwide limited release of uh, two new sandwiches, the garlic butter petite filet steak sandwich and the steak and bacon melt. Uh, only seven forty nine, which honestly <laughs> sounds really freaking good. Um, in case you're wondering, yes, the uh, inside of it was uh, refitted. Um, there was a kind of like a linen tablecloths covered their beat up tables. Wine glasses were filled with red Mountain Dew. There were plastic candles everywhere, um, you know, and they had branded matchboxes and really just brought the whole vibe together. You know, it was a really great feel. Uh, and then they ran an ad during like some college football games where it's just like <laughs> the, 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 the line that Tomlinson says is a steakhouse sandwich is only as legit as the player whose name is on the steakhouse door, which is a very on the nose kind of line but it's just the ad was so funny i felt because it just felt very self-aware where it's just like it almost felt like a used car dealership type of ad but it's ladanian thomason promoting a steakhouse so i highly encourage you to check it out obviously the restaurant is gone but you can still try the sandwiches um but but zach what are your thoughts on this um i love which you you touched on this i love the fact that they didn't like completely gut and redo the inside of this restaurant, but just covered up the regular Arby's stuff. And I don't know why that's what stuck out to me the most, but yeah. like, I love that they put like tablecloths on wobbly tables and, and used like plastic candles and, uh, and filled the glasses with Mountain Dew. Cause it's, it, it kind of plays up the, the joke that they're trying to tell, uh, or, or in, in a sense, calling out those other steakhouses because a lot of them are, you know, hiding behind a name. Uh, as we talked about with the with the literal yeah. names of them, is there they slap the name on the door and you that's what you're drawn to and you expect it to be good as a result. 
and so in that same vein, they slap Ladanian Tomlinson's name on the door and then just kind of nonchalantly uh, cover stuff inside to make it like have a like a, a more high end appeal, but it's really not that much more high end. Uh, and to me, that piece of that, I don't know if that was on purpose or just because of lack of resources, but that is what drew me to this more than anything uh, was just because of the fact that I think that fits so in line with the message that they were trying to tell. And that was very amusing yeah. to me. And that's all I really want to say about it because I, th- I thought it was it's fun. It's like a, a shorter one. There's not much to say, but it's just yeah. so funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like, it's like one big bit, you know, it's like one and I mean, it's, yeah. but it's, it's done really well. And I'm just like, I'm scrolling through the website right now. One of my favorite pictures to describe this is that you've got a, a picture of wine glasses filled with uh, soda and there's a section on the website be real. that says be what real. people might say about the restaurant. And one of them is, uh, those sandwiches were tender and juicy. This, and the soda selection was expansive. And all the things <laughs> you're looking for in a great steakhouse, I think are epitomized in, uh, Ladanian Tomlinson steakhouse. And I, I, I mean, exactly. I, I would say go check out the website. If you're interested, it is, it is pretty funny. It's good for a laugh. And um, I don't know. It's it's all very tongue-in-cheek. It's, it is it is self-aware, kind of to your point, Trent. It it definitely knows what it's doing. Um, and I think it does a really good job of pulling it off. I mean, it's, yeah, it's good for a laugh. And uh, the sandwiches, they don't look that bad. So there you go. <laughs> and uh, speaking of not half bad, um, I kind of want to talk about something we've all done as a kid, which is play with a box. You know, it's only as good as your imagination, but most of the time you can get something fun out of it. Um, And I think this is kind of interesting, as I alluded to earlier, it's uh, maybe not an original idea, but it's kind of funny because we've seen a lot of brands doing it recently. I mean, Amazon uh, has been doing stuff in the UK about how it kind of you can play with the boxes and you can make the packages at stars. We've even seen stuff with that in the US from Amazon. McDonald's over in France is running ads about how the Happy Meal container is just as good uh, or even better than the toys that are in it. Um, and now uh, FedEx has launched a Christmas ad aptly called the Gift Box um, from BBDO New York um, that kind of explores the imagination of a girl playing with these FedEx boxes. Uh, she builds it into a little spaceship. She flies around. Um, and it's kind of just a nice little wholesome ad that can't help but make you smile. And it ends with the mom being like, should have just bought her the box. <laughs> da, 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 da. Um, and it's just kind of like a little bit corny and cheesy, but it's just kind of adorable, which is also what you look for from holiday ads. I will say the previous tenant of my apartment, I guess, was subscribed to Amazon's uh, like toy newsletter. So I got one of them in the mail recently and was looking through and I was like, oh, wow, this is pretty cool. And then literally like, on the back half of it, it was just like, here's how you can use an Amazon box to make it into these different animals and all these different things. And it's like, honestly, this is kind of cool. Like, I'm a 22 year old man, but maybe I'll fuck with this too. Um, so it's kind of a cool little thing. But yeah, Zach, what do you think? Um, I thought it was good. So Zach, you were telling us your thoughts about the FedEx. Yes. Thank God I didn't get too far into it. No. <laughs> um, also, just behind the scenes for all of you out there listening, I accidentally clicked stop recording right as Zach started to talk. So we're back. <laughs> Pardon that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, <laughs> hey, 
you know, it's uh, just a regular old day at the Salad Studios. <laughs> um, so FedEx, I thought they were good. I didn't think they were like great, outstanding. I don't know if I'm really going to, it's going to hang in my mind for very long, but I thought it was good, Trent, kind of like what you're saying. It, it plays up that imagination for the holidays. Uh, it's definitely in the vein of what we were discussing earlier when we were talking about that feel good type of advertising that you typically get in the holidays. It's hard to break out of. Uh, this falls right in it, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, depending on how you execute it. Um, I just think this was okay. Like, I think the execution is cool, but like the imagination in the box thing, I think I've seen before. Um, it didn't make me like incredibly excited or, you know, increase any affinity I have for FedEx really uh, in that sense, because I don't know. I just, I didn't like really, really resonate with it, but I did think it was well done. And I loved the little spaceship flying around the house. Uh, and then, you know, the time at the end when she's just sitting in the box that hasn't been built into a spaceship and you, you understand that it was all in her imagination. And, and that's sort of the power that they're trying to get at, but it didn't like stand out to me in by any means. Yeah. So, well, There's I think that. that's the problem, and that's what I was trying to allude to earlier, is it's like, okay, I get it. Every big brand is like, we need a safe holiday ad. Mm -hmm. But like that just generates a, a sea of sameness. I mean, we were talking about this before we started recording, but it's like the more we've been doing this, we're like, the more these ads all start to look the same and mm -hmm. kind of run together. And it's like, that's probably a big reason why people don't feel like there's creativity in this world, like in this industry, I mean, because like, Literally, the brief is probably the same for so many different brands, especially this time of year. And like a diss track, I don't know what it says about me that I prefer a diss track over a wholesome holiday ad and my experiences with the holidays this time of year. I don't know <laughs> what that says, but like there's a reason why Mother's ad is like going viral right now and people are talking about it because it's so different from what you'd usually expect. And it's like. I just like, I feel like, yes, Rand wants to do a safe holiday ad, but you can still do something that's like wholesome and cool, but be different. Like, for example, even though I don't like it as much as Zach does, the, the, the ad we talked about last week with the drumming was very different from what you'd usually expect, right? It's, it's the dad playing with the catalog. It's not the girl. It's this huge famous mm -hmm. song. It's like, that's a safe ad, but it's still done in a unique and different way with a bit of an insight that's turned on its head. And I just feel like I'm craving a little bit more creativity and boldness from brands and agencies on the holiday season. I don't know. I think, Definitely. oh, go ahead. Uh, uh, I was just going to say, I, I, well, we'll get you in at some say, point. Get ready. I was going to say get ready because I don't think this is going to be the last uh, straight up holiday ad that we get. It's yeah. less safe ad because I feel like more and more often people can, you know, lean back on those things that they know will get eyes on it, that they know will get positive sentiment. I feel like that's kind of what this ad represents. I think it's, I think it's creative yeah. and, and fun, you know, and it definitely hits on a point like, I don't know, I definitely played in a few boxes as a kid, mm -hmm. but it uh i don't know it's 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 a it's a warm feeling but it definitely passes quickly yeah okay. what are you gonna say zach <laughs> i was just gonna get back into trying to compare this to the one we did look at last week uh because these two are in terms of the feel-good aspect of them they're very similar um whereas you know the one that we just reviewed earlier from ikea uh is different it stands out because it's different. Um, the insight is different. The approach is, is unique. Uh, but when you're 
required to stay in that same vein or, or use that same approach, uh, there's clearly very different ways that you can go about them. And I think that's what made last week shine as opposed to something like this is in the trend. This is kind of what you were just bringing up as well is the story that we saw in last week's ad about the dad was told uh, in a very unique way. You know, it wasn't holiday music. They used a, a very popular song. Uh, so while it was holiday, it didn't intent. It didn't really feel holiday aside from the fact that you were looking at a catalog. You know, it was a yeah. music video of a dad and a daughter jamming out on a drum set. You only got the holiday part of it from knowing that this was a holiday catalog. Uh, and I think that's what helped it kind of stand out. Whereas when you get too far into the holiday stuff, I think you get more and more of that sameness. And that's the testament. That's what I thought was so good about the one last week is they, from a creativity standpoint, they took the same boring idea and worked really, really hard to make it seem different. It's way easier to do that when you're going for a different idea. It's very difficult to do that when you have to stay in the same vein and you have to make something that stands out. Yeah. So, I mean, respect to last week's ad. If you haven't watched it yet, go ahead, check it out. Salad episode 42, Daddy Daughter Drumming. Uh, <laughs> Zach's great alliteration revealed for us. Um, it's uh, It's a fair point to bring up, and I think it does, like is a fair point I, I, while uh mr leonardo of uh johannes leonardo or however the fuck you pronounce it uh would say you know we need to be more bold but sometimes you don't get that option so respect to the creativity out there that seems to shine through regardless of the brief so yeah it's pretty cool any closing thoughts from either of you any uh do you feel cleansed so far in palm springs school <laughs> oh yeah Kind of had to get outside of the box a little bit here, but you know, things are going well. Nice. Here at the commune, you know, they're taking it. There you go. There you go. The Taco Bell Inn, is that what you said? Or... <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. The Taco Bell Hotel was in Palm Springs for those of you who were. I was going to say, you saying at the hotel it was, it was at for a week. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nice. Well, it's been good doing this with you guys doing this week. Uh, I think I said something about a Thursday episode this week, but with the state of Cole being in a different location, Zach having people over, just felt like this isn't the week for a Thursday episode. I've been concepting some stuff um, and we'll be getting into that hopefully soon uh, to be having some stuff to bring back to all of you. So keep an eye out for that. Um, and yeah, we've got some exciting stuff on the horizon that we're working towards. So excited to share that with all of you when we get to it. And uh, until then, we'll see you again here next Tuesday for some more bite-sized takes. Uh, but yeah, this is Trent signing off. See y'all again soon. Adios. Have an fantastic week, everybody.